This is Living Proof Radio, May 2024. All of our full episodes are available on our Patreon with weekly drops, a Patreon-only radio show, and Living Proof magazine delivered to your house every issue, as well as our entire members-only library backlog. Patreon.com slash York. Um, thank you guys for coming on the show for real. Really appreciate it. And this is like the first I feel like hardcore band thing that I've done in Mad Long. I can't really remember the last one that we did. So thank you guys. I've been like I was watching a set of you guys on on video and I was like, yo, dude, like mad people know this band, dude. Like every the crowd was like really popping off everyone knew the words everyone was at the front everyone was stage diving everyone was like dancing at the front and shit and i was like like i know you but i didn't know you guys and i was like uh i wonder how it feels because you kind of you know mad people start bands and uh you have no idea like what it's going to turn into sometimes it turns into some shit and like you know gets really crazy and really popular and sometimes it doesn't but for you guys it seems like you were just touring all over the place you guys have more tours coming up seems like you guys are like really staying busy which like i respect a lot like anyone who's doing their thing and just staying busy and taking it to the fullest um so i guess like we could just start with that like i saw somewhere that you guys were just like in the last year like 23 states or something like that 10 countries three continents um yeah like how was that and how did you i guess i know like you guys are doing a diy you guys don't have a manager are you booking all the flights yourself? Like, how are you doing this? Um, if you can hold this closer, like, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, in terms of like the flights and everything, I mean, sometimes, uh, we've been getting like, as of lately, we've been getting like flown out or accent, like some sort of payout for the, for the flights. Um, the drummers from Ohio. So like, it's, that's usually always like on, on the guarantee or like somewhere in there, like, you know, we usually got to fly him out from Ohio. So at the very least he usually uh, flies out, but yeah, I mean, we've been definitely getting like taken care of. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, yeah, we just got back from Columbia too. So, uh, we ended like the year pretty, pretty dope. How long are you guys out there for? Uh, Just a weekend. weekend, Yeah, Yeah, we did the, it was a hundred percent Bogota hardcore fest. Okay. It was uh, Carlos from Raw Brigade. Runs oh, it. sick. So, you know, we've gotten to know him really well over the past couple of years. And he lives up here in Brooklyn. Oh, dope. Yeah. I've seen him around. I've seen yeah. him around some shows. He's, he's sick, dude. He's a dope dude. And uh, he asked us to play down there. And, you know, Ridge and Nick's other band, Life's Question, played down there before. And they told us, like, it's fucking crazy. And it's like a, a lifetime experience. So we were just like, you know, fuck it. Let's go. How uh, does it trip you out if you go to a country like that and people know the words? Yeah, yeah. for sure. That yeah. one especially, like, so far from home, you know? Yeah. And, like, you had people coming up, like, wanting to take pictures and shit, but we couldn't really, like, the language barrier was mm-hmm. there, but we would, you know, just chill. And then when we start and they start singing along, it's like, oh, shit, dude, that's yeah. so crazy. You know? It's crazy, too, because, the, like, the all the words are in English, too. Yeah, but, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, damn, that's so sick. Yeah, like, it was definitely... Really kind of mind-blowing like that we played that fest and that honestly to me was probably one of the coolest shows we've done you know especially considering all the factors between just being in a total another part of the world mm-hmm. and you know none of those people know us personally or anything like that mm-hmm. and as soon as we started the set it just fucking 
popped off. That's so ill. And they yeah. can like relate to what you guys are saying, even though you guys are living. Yeah. Like I have never been to Colombia, but my whole family's from Ecuador and I, I've been growing up like going there like all the time. Mm. And I kind of like think that Colombia and Ecuador are kind of similar in terms of like the demographic of people and like how the life is lived and shit. And I really can't imagine uh, growing up there and just like, it's probably really crazy, you know? Um, I always think about like what my life would have been like had I grown up there rather than America, which Mm -hmm. honestly just happened by chance. And um, it's just crazy that like, you know, you guys are writing these lyrics wherever the hell you're writing these lyrics, probably somewhere in America with like American experiences. (laughs) And it's reaching mad people. No, no, dude. It's so crazy, you know? And I wrote them. I mean, it's like cliche, but like they just came like, especially the songs we've been playing, like those were just like, they came together like so organically and shit. Like I wasn't really like second guessing. Did you write the, uh, you're writing all the lyrics? Yeah. Did you write it uh, knowing, like was there already a band formed and then you were like, all right, I'm going to write the this shit? The tracks were already like together and it wasn't like, there wasn't any like pressure on it. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't a thing yet. So like the tracks were already kind of like there. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of time to like sit on them. I really started doing it when COVID hit. Like then I really started like hacking into like the lyrics and was like, all right, Lumpy like from he runs days. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the one that I, he was mainly like, dude, you should just sing in this because I sent him all like the instrumentals. Mm-hmm. He was like, yo, you should just sing on it. And I was like, yeah, it could be sick, you know. And I just had the time. So how did all you guys meet? So I was going to say, that's kind of like the way he pitched to us. We were all in different bands at the time. And uh, Michael just like picked out each one of us. We didn't even really know each other like that. Or I didn't know anybody yeah, else I mean, in the band like that. we knew each other from shows. And like, I don't know, it's hard to find like just someone that just plays bass, you mm-hmm. know? Like a lot of people like play guitar or like sing and want to, you know, the, oh, fuck it, I'll play. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Like I've done it like. It's like I wanted like someone that just like plays bass, you know what I mean? Just like a straight bass player. Um, so, and he's the first dude I thought of. I knew he's from like the Northeast and I wanted to like keep it kind of close. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew he's been around for a while too, you know? So mm-hmm. like, and then I've known, I've known Nick for, uh, for Mad Long, so. Yeah, we've known each other probably, I don't know, close at least to, 10 years. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah. you know, we grew up fucking two towns apart from each other. And we've been saying forever too, let's do a band. Yeah. And we just never did. We always played in different bands but always played shows yeah. together and shit and then he hit me up he was like oh, i got these tracks like let's jam them and honestly it's crazy because the reason we never really started bands because he's a busy he's a busy guy he's working a lot mm-hmm. so like that definitely shows like where my, like where the headspace was at like we didn't really have intentions of like it being like so like any like anything really playing outside of even new york mm-hmm. Like, maybe, like, a couple shows, you know what I mean? Like, somewhere, but, like, overall, it's, like, we're really just doing it because, like, we just want, like, it was just, like, oh, this would be sick. Like, give us something to do during COVID. Give us something to look forward to a little bit. Like, but uh, it's sick that it just, like, worked out. And it's sick, like, it worked out. He was able to tour, like, when that came up, you know? Like, when that ended up coming up, like, stars just kind of, like, aligned on it, so. Yeah, that's actually something that uh, uh, we were kind of talking about earlier is how do you manage to tour let's say it's like a month or two or and live a normal life outside of that where you have to work or you have like even just like relationships like I feel like a lot of the people myself included you look at a touring band um or anything in life like you look at a pro skater or you look at whatever and you're like damn that's sick but I'm sure it's just like a lot of shit like there's things behind it that you don't really see 
there's downsides or there's difficulties and you got to sacrifice other things in life to, to do other things. So uh, all that aside, like in terms of like living a normal life outside of touring, because like it seems like you guys are going to be touring like more and more and already were just doing that. Normal people don't do 23 anythings in, in one year, you know, so how does that work? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard and it's stressful as fuck, but I mean, all of us kind of just took the risk with it, you know, because this is all something that we love. You know, we all love hardcore, love music, love playing shows, and just, you know, we all get along really well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, we just kind of took the jump, and it's ultimately worked out for us. And, uh, you know, we've all been lucky enough that we were able to come back and still either stay at our current jobs or find new jobs and just maintaining that you know balance between normal life and a band okay yeah Yeah. i think michael like even when you pitch paint a truth to us you're like yeah we'll do like three to five shows it was like kind of hilarious looking back on it you know like i remember telling whatever band i was in like yo i'm doing this side thing won't be anything don't worry and then it's like taking over my life and in like the best way but i know for me personally uh like I just kind of saw this as like, this is like kind of my last chance to do this. You know, we've all been in bands. We've all kind of like ate shit over the years, you know, played to rooms with nobody. And it's like, people care about this. Like, I'm going to do this as long as I can. If I have to sacrifice my job or living situation or whatever, I'm going to do it as long as I can. Yeah, for sure. We also like, uh, not to downplay like the amount of time that we spent away, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's pretty funny because like, I feel like we did it so like, it just lined up. We did a drain full U.S., then got home and did a terrible U.S. and like got home from that a couple days and went straight to Europe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like it, it just like implanted it in people's heads. Like, wow, they're like away. You yeah, know yeah. I mean? So then, like, realistically, like we got home in like July, played this is hardcore, which like also like probably kept it feeling like we're super busy. But, like, we really haven't, like, gone anywhere since, like, Europe, mm-hmm. which, like, I guess it's not that long ago, but it's, yeah. like, people will, I'll still see people, like, at a show or anywhere, and they'll be like, oh, my God, like, how's it been? Like, would you just get back or, like, something along the lines of that? And it's, like, no, nah, like, we've had, like, some time home now. Yeah. So, like, I'm definitely ready to go and, like, play more shows and shit. We got Europe. We're going to Europe in uh, June, June and July. Next year, yeah. yeah. And then... uh and then we have we're gonna we got asked to go to Japan. Oh wow! So that's, that's like a big. Be, I've one. heard nothing but good things about. Yeah, everyone we were just talking about it on the, on the way that. here. I was like, dude, how fucking crazy is it? Like, just go to Japan. Like, that's fucking insane. You guys are so. you guys taking pictures like like uh like with cameras? Not like I'm I'm saying like not on an iPhone when you're out there. Taking like specifically videos. like in in just Japan. for your own like dude because you're just in general. Oh yeah, for sure. Older, I mean like insane shit. I mean my phone is fucking full of everything like every city we went to every venue every state i'm taking pictures of shit just because i i want to look back at it fucking you know if this ends up not working out for a long time i want to look back at this later on in my life and be like yeah this was probably the craziest time in my life for sure for sure there was there was a point like it sounds a little corny but we were somewhere i want to say it was the 1720 show in cali it was like in la it was probably the craziest show we've played and it was yeah. like kind of spontaneous at least for us feeling because like we didn't expect it to be so fucking crazy and uh i was like just looking around like ridge is married and like has a bunch of shit going on he's a busy guy 
he like I said, he's busy. I'm busy. We're all busy. He he works from the road. So like I remember looking at all that. I was like, yo, look around right now because we're all here right now, and this is gonna be fucking crazy right now. So yeah. it's like really. Don't let it. Sometimes you play a show and you're like, "Fuck!" Like I know that was crazy, but it just like happens. Yeah. It's yeah. like yo, really fucking like look around. Like, this is gonna, yeah, yeah, like this is gonna be fucking nuts right now, and yeah. it was fucking crazy, and it was like, so like we all like have a good mindset about about that, but um, like about like the lifetime, like lifespan, mm-hmm. like hardcore bands and shit. Sure. You know what I mean? Like not to overdo it mm-hmm. and like all that. So, what do you think about like um, about like so I was uh on Turnstiles website maybe like two months ago trying to like look at some shit and i was like seeing their tour dates and i couldn't believe how much they tore like they're not home seemingly ever yeah it looked like they were on tour all year long and then for the next year too yeah have you ever uh considered like if it ever got to that point what you would do would is that something that you would even want to do because you got to think like that shit's sick yeah you got to think like damn like that's a little bit too much sometimes (laughs) (laughs) i mean i mean i don't know like we've talked about before i mean terracel is fucking so big it's sick i personally i think it's fucking awesome but uh it's just like yeah i mean personally if if we were if the like not that i don't think it ever could be but if if like there if the offers were there i mean like i would imagine like yeah, I mean, like, getting paid and shit at work, like, yeah. balancing it out. I'd, yeah. If it was really at that point and, like, it was adding up to, like, you know, it would be like, all right, I mean, I guess this makes more sense yeah. just, like, to literally I, – I would be down. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm down. saying. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Like we've talked about As long as I could survive, like, off of whatever, like, yeah. whatever it was, which I think if it was that yeah, crazy, good. Yeah, I yeah. think it would – like, I would assume it would be Because you're, like, not – at that point, you're, like, a rock band and you're like a rock star yeah they definitely broke through like the glass ceiling of like which is good you know it's like blew through the fucking limit dude you could go to a bar like in a random state and like hear a turnstile song playing like in the background of like an applebee's or something like i'm sure you guys have seen them before that like fuck yeah yeah. i used to see them at, at anchors up and they couldn't possibly play an anchors up uh, size venue no uh, no, no way. way i mean not without it like packing completely out within yeah. like minutes you know and then having lines down the whole state yeah you know yeah. what i mean yeah. like that would be insane and yeah it's like crazy because it seems like not that long ago um when you guys do the full u.s tour you, you driving yeah, yeah uh how do you do that are you renting out a small van are you getting like what are you doing? honestly it's how like we really our new like our drummer that's how we really knew he was down because he he was letting us use his, like he was picking us up like in in the van and honestly yeah. he was filling in at the at that point yeah, and plays he would drive life's Ohio question to long island and then back pick out. us all up and then we he drove all the way to california from ohio one time yeah, and like so we, we flew out tour in cali and yeah. he drove all the way out to meet us there well we flew from new york mm-hmm. and it yeah. was like and then we got a crazy like u-haul accident and like well his his van shit out we left it in a random ass like in kansas city or somewhere over there and like so he was that's he was like well fuck it let's just leave it and we were like (laughs) and then we rented we couldn't find anything like early on we found like a u-haul spent the whole night looking for something then like we found a u-haul pretty early on and i was like eh, and everyone he was like no yeah. fucking way you're crazy and it was a, a box truck like a box US. truck it wasn't you know? a van. so then like it for was getting later yeah. Yeah. to keep the tour going yeah yeah so we could get to chicago because honestly uh the band standstill from long island they were fucking 
meeting us in Chicago. So if worst came to worst, we could hop in their shit and make it to Kentucky, fast. which was yeah. LDB Fest. Okay. Next after that was New York. So I was like, all right, we could get home and get situated after that. And so let's just out. fucking figure it out then. Yeah. So I was like, we just have to get to Chicago. And Chicago is like, was it the first time we were going there or the second? Dude, it might have been like the uh, third. The first, no, was it? Might have been the second. Yeah. I think that was the second. It was the second time. Yeah. And it was like just a good spot for us. And it was like, yo, like after all that, it was like, yo, we just want to get there. So eventually it was like, all right, let's just get the fucking U-Haul. We get it. There's like a crazy blizzard out. Taking all these funny videos of us like sitting in the back, like fucking going crazy. We got like pizza and like every, seats there's there? no seats. Two it's just seats them in two the in, the, in the front it cabin. Like two of us in the front and in the and box. Then four of them were just. Oh, you're back. tight. Me, and my boy. No lights, right? Nah. Well, it was, it was good. Was like through the hell. cracks, yeah. like through the cracks of the door, you could see. But then, like, I forget, we stopped at the gas station for a little bit, and we got back in the gas station. And they closed the back doors. It was pitch black after that. We're like, damn. So cold. Our phones are dying. And I looked at my boy Fred, and I was like, Yo, if your mom knew that I let you fucking. Come back here and, and sleep back here. She'd fucking kill me. And he was like, yeah, your mom would fucking kill me too. Dude, close my eyes for like maybe a couple minutes. Hear something insane. And we had a trailer attached to it too, which was so stupid. So the way I, I heard it, they this lady next to us, we were trying to pass her because she was kind of swerving. And she ended up like side in the front, bounced off, and then hit the trailer too. And the trailer started fishtailing. And then we just spun out and like went off the, off the road. But it wasn't like a flat road. Like we went down like 15-foot yeah, like, like ditch. And we were, in, we were yeah. in the back, dude. Like we were getting thrown around all crazy. And like I was holding on the ridge like dear life. Like no joke. Like we were waiting. I didn't know if we ended up we sideways. Tipped. I thought we tipped because of the way we ended we up. We were sleeping. We just were like, yo, let's just pass out for the last hour and a half. Like, we're almost to, to, we Chicago. Were almost to Chicago. So, like, the whole thing happens. We stop, and you just hear, like, 18-wheelers, like, flying past us on the road. And it was dark, so, like, and we were on the wall of it, like, leaning on the wall. So you didn't know if, like, we didn't know if, there were, if we were on the road or not. So I was picturing being, like, across the road, like, laid out or something. Like, cars are swerving around us. I didn't know where the fuck we were at. And then... They opened the door and we're all like climbing out. We're like, holy fucking yeah, shit, like dude! It was crazy. But I'm looking at Nick. Like we're, we're we were trying to figure some shit out. Obviously, right away, like what the fuck are we gonna do? Like the trailer is all fucked up. Like he's ripping the wheel well up. Like because it was yeah, all like tangled fucker, up. The way so the way she hit us, we were in the left lane. She was in the right lane, and she was you know a while away ahead of us, probably a yeah. hundred feet or so, two hundred feet. And Zach was driving. He saw her swerving. And then she started to, like, pull off a little. So we're like, all right, she's getting off the road. Let's fucking pass her and get away from this. And as we're coming up next to her, dude, she just goes straight sideways and just smashes my door. Yeah, yeah. I was on my phone, too. I wasn't paying attention. And I just heard something. And I look up, and I just see this lady's car facing straight at me. I'm just like, well, here it is. Yeah. And she fucking hits us. And as soon as she hit us, I just fucking banged on the back so that it could give them, like, some type of warning. And so she hits us, and we start, like, swerving over. And, like, we pretty much got under control, and then she hit the trailer. And when she hit the trailer, it fucking made us fishtail and spin out out of control and sent us into the ditch. But the way that she hit the trailer, she hit it, like, right in the back of it. And the there's, like, a wheel well over the wheel. Okay. And it, like it folded it into the tire like the wheel wouldn't move so i just fucking pried it up and like wrapped my sweatshirt around it and just ripped it off ripped it off the trailer 
and then you know we got out and we were like trying to drive it away. That's why. Like, yeah, at we first were, we're like, yo, let's just fucking. We underestimated like how deep in, the, in a ditch and how like some it was like mucky. You know what I mean? So the wheels were just spinning out. And he was like, get back in, and our boyfriend was like, not fucking get back in that. Thing. I mean, that whole situation was crazy too because. The transmission blew at like 3 a.m. in like a yeah, tiny ass town in Missouri. It was like, it was a blizzard too. So we had to get picked up. We found like a Super 8, slept on like the floor and shit. Then we found out the next day, you know, we waited all day to find out the transmission blew. It's still a blizzard. So we're calling every place, but there's nowhere to rent a car. So then we had to find a box truck place, yeah. pay the dude like cash. Like, it was and at like this antique van. store. Yeah, yeah. It was like some antique store in that town that I guess had like a U-Haul license. And they rented us out the truck. So me and Zach went to go pick it up, you know, filled everything out, whatever. And then we picked everyone else up. And when we pulled up, all their faces are just like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? Yeah. He wants to get in there. And I'm like, you know, it's all we got. And we thought that was like a huge win. Like, all right, we're not. I don't know, dude. Show. I, yeah, I feel like we were pretty psyched on it. I feel like <laughs> me, like Fred and Ridge, honestly, Nick, too. Like, at first it was kind of funny. You know, like we had it on it, like instagram videos and shit of us like fucking joking around like we're getting in an accident mm. <laughs> yeah what do you, what do you uh, bad karma for yeah, that is there anything yeah. you don't like about touring uh the drives long ass drives. honestly long drives, just like yeah. i just want like we'd rather just be comfortable somewhere you know like just spend like if we have the money at least like just like spending it and stay at a fucking hotel because that's where the worst part like what, what kind of places have you i mean in? like not so much with paint truth but i was in hangman and like we like raw dog that shit like yeah you know it was we had some traction for sure but like overall we were just doing that shit because like we just wanted to tour and it was like we just like sometimes we there was stand, we did a full us with backtrack and regulate and there was some nights like in like fucking arizona in the middle of the summer like just sleeping in the van just sitting up like one by one just fucking next to each other it's like but fortunately with paint truth like we've only had to do that like a handful of times and it was really just because of like a lack of like maybe one of us just forgot to do it you know what i mean like mm -hmm. like book something or something like that or if someone's just willing to put us up maybe we'll we'll stay at their house or something like that but i was talking to jay from mind force about that like recently like we were somewhere and he was where i was like oh we might do this like save the money and he looked at me he's like fuck that man just fucking <laughs> telling you like over the years like i learned just like you're going crazy at the show fucking jumping on people and hurting yourself and shit like Probably there's one thing you want to fucking do is just go fucking sleep somewhere comfortable mm -hmm. where you could just chill and shower and fucking but if you're on tour for two months yeah yeah i mean it's expensive yeah, yeah 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 it definitely gets to a point where it's like it's like it's hard to afford it to still live comfortably while you're on the road yeah, yeah. I mean, food, food alone, you yeah. realize, like, you have to eat out pretty much unless you're going to eat, like, cans of well, beans. Well, not in Europe, though. Europe, they take care of yeah, us. Yeah, like, really? Yeah, cool. yeah crazy, even if it's man. not, like, some, like, crazy good meal, it's always, like, a stew with yeah, fucking some, some sort of protein. Of well, who, who's taking care of you? At, yeah, like, in Europe, they just do that shit. That's on yeah. the norm. Just, even, like, the people you meet? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's no, like the, venues, too, man. Like, yeah. the... Uh, books it or whoever runs the venue you show up in the morning they have like a whole like breakfast spread and yeah it yeah. might not be like the best thing but it's like free food yeah it's there there's like a respect out. there over there you for sure in and then they have dinner ready for you too before you're set and same thing like it's homemade but and they have uh showers there at the, all the venues which is awesome yeah really yeah, yeah that was definitely Damn, that's so strange yeah, yeah. at least i like wake up extra early every every morning i wake up early on the bus <laughs> just even if i went back in the bed 
right after I would wake up so early just so I could go hop in the shower. Yeah, that's what's so cool about like uh, <laughs> you know like hardcore punk and in my opinion like uh, like skating and, and graph and, and shit like that is like like he was telling me earlier before you guys got here about like the DIY attitude that you guys like to approach shit with, mm-hmm. and I feel like me personally like um, in a lot of shit that I do and have been in, been into like my whole life, I've kind of witnessed it. Uh, not fully maybe I'm just a little bit jaded because I like I've been around it so much but I witnessed like certain scenes like kind of get watered down in a way um, like when, when I was like uh, getting into graph like I felt like no one knew what it was and now like in New York everybody knows what it, what it is and, and it's cool to know what it is and, and it's cool to like rock brands that are like kind of associated and even brand like big brands like like Supreme or, or like just other big brands and yeah they're like they have their roots in New York and a lot of the people were like graph heads but like they're just like taking a little like a little slice of the pie which i understand and like it's straight that's like a part of the game and shit um but i feel like with hardcore like i was thinking the other day uh, i was reminiscing on like going to shows growing up and how when like you'd leave anchors up there'd be a dude holding uh, a stack giving you flyers yeah so they would want you to come to the next show and they want to you know grow their scene they want to grow their culture mm-hmm. and i was thinking about how even though like Anchors Up had an Instagram, like, they didn't have an Instagram till that was a venue for Mad Long, and there was no Instagram for it, and uh, also their Instagram, like, dude, for how big of a venue that is, and known, like, they didn't have that many followers, and you kind of had to, like, I remember thinking how cool it was that you'd have to be at the show, get the flyer, and then through the flyer, I would, like, find out about bands, yeah. and it was, like, so organic and pure, and uh, there weren't really, like, you get your occasional video of a crazy set, but there wasn't like constant videos of almost every set that happens. Like you'd have to be right. there yeah. and it really experienced that energy to see like what went down and how it was. And like, and I feel like as time goes on, that happens to like a lot of scenes, not just graffiti, but also skating, dude, like skating's in the Olympics now. And it's like, it's like, yo, I bet you right now, if you're in high school, you're mad cool if you were a skater. But when I was in high school, if you were a skater, like you were whack. Yeah, you were yeah. the outcast. Yeah. And I think about hardcore and like, obviously it's different, but like people like you guys, like honestly hearing you guys talk right now about like, fucking getting into these crazy accidents and like just pretty much just like winging it on your own shit it gets me really hyped because it makes me think like there's still people like with that attitude there's still people who are doing it like i heard stories about like the bad brains you said they were like fucking vegetarian or whatever and i heard stories about them traveling the entire country this was back then yeah with like vatfuls of of lentils because they didn't have because they couldn't eat anything else like just vatfuls of sprouted lentils and like doing it really fucking diy dude and like that's like lost or it's not lost because people are still doing it like like you guys and other bands but i think it's really cool how like you can just start a band with your homies like that's kind of been my experience a little bit like with this show and people around the world like we were saying in in columbia and shit will like resonate with it or hear you out and you realize like you know people who are in these scenes like a lot of them like we don't know each other like but people like we relate on on a certain level because I thought it was because, oh, we all grew up in America and, like, the system is, like, whatever fucked up and, like, this, that, or the third. But now hearing, like, in Colombia where it's, like, a whole different life, people are relating to what you're saying. I'm like, yo, this is, like, getting me mad hyped because I sometimes I'm mad jaded and I forget that this shit exists and I'm just like, oh, everything's corny now, dude. Like, there's not even a point in, like, getting into shit because everything's yeah. corny and everyone's doing it for whatever reason. But have you ever thought about, like, uh, if hardcore would gain, like, a more mainstream acceptance? Kind of like... Um, all respect to like Turnstile, but like uh, how that band would get other people into hardcore because they have like a hardcore sound, you know what I mean, in their own way. And and <clears throat> dude, like 
or like there's a few bands that have broke the mold through their hard work bro and like just because they have talent dude like bad brains turnstile like chromags like these bands go past even terror dude like they go past like people who aren't into like hardcore like they'll know who that is like i was talking to um a fighter at my gym and he he randomly was like yo you into hardcore like randomly and i was like yeah like you know i like i listen to hardcore and shit and he was like cool dude this kid's like not really into hardcore like that he's probably gonna listen to this and uh and then he was like yeah bro like i'm tired of listening to this shit that they're playing bro we need to like be we need to be like sparring to hate breed and i'm like yeah i don't know about that dude like someone's gonna get fucking that's gonna influence the mood dude and someone's gonna get fucked up and then and then he was like yeah word he's like what other bands you like like mad ball like he knew about but he didn't know about like all like he knew about like the the highest level bands yeah and he knew about you guys bro because i was like yeah i'm doing i'm doing them uh this was like wednesday or something and i was like yeah y'all like i'm doing uh I'm doing Pain of Truth on the show, like, whatever. That's and then he was like, oh, dude, sick. And, like, he was like, I love, like, he knew about you guys. Yeah. That's why I was like, yo, maybe, like, you know, not, like, maybe they could reach a really crazy level of, uh, of like, touring, like, on the level of, you yeah. know, it's it's really a matter of, like, I don't know. What, what do you guys think about all that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, a, I'm down. Uh, they know I'm down. So, like... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I mean, definitely yeah. feel like, especially like nowadays in the current world with like social media and, you know, everybody's got fucking phones and computers and like everyone's got super easy access to Internet. I feel like it's definitely a lot easier to find out about uh, a lot of hardcore bands, especially like what you were saying with like the people hand out flyers and stuff. And like that was like the only way There's, you would know uh, about shit. But I feel like all Long Island, dude, still to this day. You know, at the end of every single show, say, someone's yeah. outside. I was gonna say, is this kid Anthony? He's like, a, I think he's younger. I'm not really. I talked to him a little bit, but he'll like draw dope flyers. He like he he do uh, he did uh, one for Exide and Broken Vows, like younger bands. Mm-hmm. I've been like trying to book a little bit, and he drew a dope flyer for me. And like, I always see him outside random shows, like handing out flyers. Seeing him posting them with staple guns and shit on on light posts and all yeah. that bullshit. So. It's still like it's cool, and honestly, I haven't seen like Scanlan does that at every show for sure, or has some like you know one of those like dudes that run all those shows. Like usually, someone out there on Long Island trying to do that, but it's cool. It was cool to like that kid doesn't really know a bunch of kid like people on the island, so it was cool to just like get a flyer from him, look up, and be like, "All right, word up! Like who the fuck is next again?" You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So. I think yeah. kind of what you were saying too, like uh, what's the saying? Like a rising tide like carries all ships, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing with like turnstile. Like a lot of kids will hear turnstile or like find us or like see FYA go viral and see on TikTok and like, yo, a certain level of them will trickle down and be into pain of truth and like, like our music might not ever get to the level of turnstile or anything like that, but there'll be a certain sect of people who will find it or just yeah. found hardcore period through something like tiktok which is crazy to me yeah it's crazy i'm down with all that shit how did you guys uh how did you guys get into hardcore i got into hardcore from my older brother he was uh you know growing up you know both my parents worked and then my oldest brother worked too so he kind of always got stuck watching me (laughs) and he was into hardcore he played in bands you know ever since i was a kid uh so he got me into it. He got me, you know, he taught me how to play guitar and everything. He didn't teach me. He just gave me a guitar. I said, figure the fuck out. Because, <laughs> you know, that was how he learned, too. And, uh, but he was definitely, like, my biggest influence into music. You know, like, he showed me all these bands. You know, he, you know, when he was playing shows on Long Island when I was, like, super young, like, eight, nine, ten years old, he would bring me, 
you know, just to see his band, and then my parents would bring me home or something. But it was that was my introduction, you know, just into hardcore, and it was like as soon as I got old enough to the point where I could, you know, hop on a train, go a couple towns down to AMH, which is like the main venue on Long Island, and it's been there for years. Uh, as soon as I got old enough to do that, I was doing that every weekend. You know, I was just going to whatever show was there. And that's you know, how I that's, first met. That's, that's how, how we ended yeah, up meeting ultimately because just going to shows. He was and, fucking everyone up. And yeah. he was like, <laughs> he wasn't, he wasn't as big as he is right now, but like, I had been to like a couple shows already, so like I was getting like to know everybody's faces and shit, and like see who was normally around. And he was a hundred percent like in a tracksuit with a little fucking hat on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Who the fuck is this motherfucker?" Because he was hitting everyone so hard, but he was younger. And I was like, "Who is this motherfucker?" Like, yeah, I was like, and he was doing spin kicks and cartwheels and shit. And, shit. and like, I was like, "Yo, that's fucking so sick." So that's definitely how we met. It was at AMH for sure. Yeah. I forget what show it was specifically, but no, nah, it was fucking. So I think it was ago. like that band, like Greenery or something. But it was someone else played. Someone, <laughs> someone no else idea. played. Like, it was like a, it was like a beatdown show yeah, yeah. Like, with that band on it. It's a random ass show, but fucking yeah. How'd you get into it, Mikey? My fucking uh, same thing as him. Like my brothers, just older brothers. I'm the youngest of four, and. Uh, even my oldest brother is like, he brought me my first hardcore shows. Like, my brother Chris played in Backtrack, like, early, like, first couple shows with them. Like, so early on, I got to fucking just go see that same thing. Like, my brother would drive me there, Backtrack would play, and my mom would come pick me up, like, after. So I'd just see everyone going crazy. I would have to, like, stand behind the cab, you know? Then, like, slowly, I'd just start going to shows, like, more just, like, getting rides for people, meeting people. And, like, by, like, I would say, like, age 15, I was just regularly, like, going every week, like, every show. Like, just, like I said, getting rides and shit like that. So, started, like, bands and shit when I was younger. Were, yeah. were this all the shows you guys were going to, was it, like, Long Island? Yeah, mostly. I got to, like, go on, like, a couple, like, little backtrack runs. Like, I'd go on, like, little stints around, like, the Northeast or, like, down the Richmond or some shit like that early mm -hmm. on. Which was, like, definitely cool to see other spots and everything just like kind of like have more respect for uh long island when i get back you know because it's like it puts it in perspective you show up at another show it's like you can't like just go in there and act like you fucking mm -hmm. own the place or some shit like that you gotta like mm -hmm. you know watch the way you mosh and everything yeah. like that and like show respect to the spot then you get back to long island and then you realize like when an out-of-state band's there it's like oh like the this is my spot now. Mm -hmm. I mean, like our spot now, and like, so it was cool to like start learning about that and shit when yeah. we were young, like playing outside in Long Island. I remember the first, uh, I think I don't remember if it was the first one, but the first one that comes to mind. I was like 15, and uh, I told my mom I was staying at my friend's house, and we were just like, you know, going out, whatever. And uh, I went to a bulldoze show in New Jersey at that venue, Dingbats, and it was like. Three o'clock in the morning, we were still there, and my mom's calling me, where the fuck are you, this and that, like, send me your map on your phone, whatever, all this shit, and I was like, ah, oh, I went into the city, she's like, what the fuck you mean you went into the city, I'm like, uh, I don't know, we just like went out to meet our friends, whatever, I was trying to bullshit my yeah, way yeah. out of it, and uh, so she's like, send me your fucking location on your phone, whatever, and I send it, she's like, what the fuck? 
because I don't remember where exactly in Jersey it was, but it was like, it wasn't just outside the city, you know, it was like kind of deep. Yeah. She's like, what the fuck, this and that, fucking, I got home, I got fucking whooped and yelled at and everything. <laughs> but it was dope because, you know, I got to get out and see how another scene was. And I mean, seeing Bulldoze when I was that young, you know, especially in that era, it was fucking just wild, you know? And like seeing that type of shit compared to what I was used to just going to random local shows that on too. Long Island. That yeah, too, yeah. for sure. Yeah, like, Not that Long Island, especially in that time period. Long Island was oh like, yeah, we still even like what shows. we were talking about before, like that King Nine show, like that early ass King yeah. Nine show at Ethical, like that time period, it was still like pretty, I, I mean, I think maybe it was because I was young, but I, if I remember correctly, it was pretty fucked up still in yeah, a yeah, good we, way. We you know? Yeah, yeah. Wild so like. Yeah, it was definitely sick to like see that in other spots too. Connecticut, yeah. going to Conne uh, Connecticut for the first time and shit, yeah. and just like up towards Massachusetts. Forget the spot. It was like uh, you had to walk up the stairs, the wood floor, waterfront. Yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, waterfront tavern. Yeah, yeah fucking. I forget who fuck played. Definitely Bane, like Rude Awakening. I think it's fucking just so crazy. You know, it's really crazy. Like the Northeast, uh, just North Northeast America has such an insane scene. Yeah. yeah like all these places have and it's like it's like it's like crazy honestly how how many good bands over the years have come uh how, how about you how did you get into it and uh, where, where, where got, were you so yeah i got pretty lucky moving out east when i was 18 because when i was like 15 i started going to like punk shows mm -hmm. and i remember i saw these two bands uh the scurvies and like flatfoot 56 or something but after the show i was like yo what sounds like you because i don't have any like older siblings and like the internet was like barely you know it was like it's hard to find shit mm -hmm. they were like yo listen to black flag listen to minor threat listen to bad brains and then there were skinhead dudes so like yo listen to blitz and listen to cox bar and like that was like how i got into everything else and i didn't really have a lot of friends like who listened to that shit in high school so then when i moved out east uh i like saw some kid with a straight edge shirt and i was like oh like minor threat right and he's like yeah dude like are you into hardcore and i was like i, I don't know i think so you know <laughs> he's like yo there's like this show and then like it was like dude like a light like a light just went on and i was started to go to connecticut shows and then we had like that awesome time period where it was like western mass connecticut hudson valley and that's like i, I think another huge strength of the northeast is like you can get there in a couple hours man and they're yeah. different scenes different people different bands different sounds and like yeah ever since then man it's, it's all i want to do it's really crazy uh like you're, you're wearing a biohazard hoodie and the bands that came out of uh you know, like Northeast coast. And specifically I'm thinking about, like we were saying earlier, like New York city are insane. Like, yeah. uh, especially during that era. Um, it was like so many good bands that became like super well-known came out of, uh, like came out of Manhattan, came out of the Bronx, came out of Brooklyn, came out of Queens, uh, people from these areas, like just started bands and they all like, you know, like their sounds are so original, you know, like it's like, t like to this day you listen to it and you're like, this is wicked good, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like sometimes I listen to district nine and I straight like shit my pants. <laughs> I don't listen to the album for like a few months. Then I'll listen to it again. And I'm like, yo, this is, this dude's a genius. Yeah. Dude. This dude's a genius, bro. For sure, like yeah. for him to just, cause like, there's not really other shit that was sounding like that. Yeah. And, um, like <clears throat> the album artwork and just like the whole package, it's like a piece of art. Um, but now, uh, in the five boroughs, like Staten Island, not included because there are like bands that are c coming out of there, but like specifically Manhattan, especially, uh, you know, Brooklyn, Queens, Bronx, 
there's dude there's like not really bands that are coming yeah. out of there and uh why do you think that that is i mean sure. i think it's obvious yeah obviously. i mean i feel like i think a lot of it's people a tra- it's all transplants like back then it was like yeah all those dudes that, that you're referencing biohazard like Chromags, Madball. Mm-hmm. I, I want to speak for them. I mean, yeah, we yeah. know them a little bit. We met them a few times, but like knowing what they put out there, I mean, they grew up hard as fuck in the streets of New York. That was their shit. They were really defending something there, like for sure. And like now it's just a bunch of, and I'm from Long Island, so this is an outsider's point of view, but even living on Long Island, like it's all like people from Long Island moving to the city or just completely just out of staters just moving there even people that are in the hardcore scene you know what i mean and then like trying to claim like new york don't really bring anything to the table though you know mm-hmm. what i mean and it's like so i think that's why i think it's just there's no one that i could even really think of right now i might look back and be like oh fuck but there's not an abundance of people that born raised in the streets of new york mm-hmm. um that are even able to try to match yeah, something that came out back then. You know what I mean? Right. No, I don't think anyone lived as hard as those dudes did in the time and place that they were in, yeah. you know? So that's what probably has to do with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, as long as I remember like growing up, like there was never really New York city bands. Like, yeah. I mean, to long Island, New York city is Manhattan, you know, like there was always like bands out of Brooklyn and bands out of Queens and stuff like that. And like, they were still good, but it was like like the bands you were saying, like fucking Biohazard, D9, like Madball, Crown of Thorns, like that era of music, and that was like straight up New York City hardcore. That, those dudes are just different breed, you know? Yeah. Like they, they grew up in the fucking heart of New York through hard-ass times, you know, fucking living it. And I think it's like because of that too, like because of their environment, yeah. that the music was so yeah, good. Totally. Because like the music's honestly like... As cliche as it is to say, like, it is a reflection of your soul and, like, of what you're experiencing in this life. And, like, dude, some of those lyrics, like, when the way, like, when they're saying them and also the way that they're saying them, like, the way they're, like, delivering it into the mic, you can, like, feel it, dude. Like, Yeah, you can hear that it's real. I feel like there was more style then, too. Like, no one was, like, thinking about, like, the future, like, oh, like you know in a sh- at, at the show like i want this to be happening like i want this part to like make this happen i think it was just more yeah. raw and just like, like organic, yeah. yeah and like more like not thought out because it would be fucking going back on what i said but like uh like still sticking like closer to the roots you know what i mean like they grew up seeing fucking the bad brains coming over here for the mm-hmm. first time and fucking the chromags uh doing their thing like so it's just like they were closer to that too. So like I feel like there's more style there. Like that whole group of bands like all bring something different to the day. Like from like D9 to like Marauder, mm-hmm. you know, like the way that like Crown of Thorns, dude. We were just watching Crown of Thorns at FYA and I was like, dude, like I don't know if bands could really pull off like doing that now and like I don't think it would transfer to people like, you know, cuz it's not it's not always about like, oh, this part is hard, you know, like it's just like, right. you know, like you no, listen to kind of style. Like, yeah. It's like, there's so, it's just like the style of what no, it you is. Said it, dude. Like they're, and, they're honestly yeah. like a different breed. Yeah. Like in, yeah. in Chromags, when they're talking about like, he's like talking about uh, living inside enclosed walls, no money in his pockets, no pictures on the walls. Dude, like when I hear that, I like envision a fucking 
burnt out ass Ellie ass squat, dude. Yeah. And he's living in like hell, dude. And I can like envision it, dude. Like I'm not just like like and he's not saying, Hello, I'm living in hell and envision this. <laughs> he's just saying like, dude, you probably wrote that in a squat, bro. Yeah. And and then like because and like the guitar and the way that like the drums are playing, you just like yeah. you honestly feel it or like something I love, dude, like Crown of Thorns, uh how they made like their intro. Like, it was like I'm not a graffiti artist, I'm a graffiti bomber. Yeah. And then like the craziest part starts. Uh that's from Style Wars, dude. Yeah. And like they they show that the covers like the the train yard. Yeah, the train yards. Yeah. Dude, that's mad style, dude. That's yeah. like different level Well, of, that's just uh, taking shit. two things. I mean, like I'm not huge huge on on that side of it, but I think about that shit back then too, like I feel like the two like coincided mm-hmm. so much more and like that bled into artwork and shit for bands, yep. you know, like you have a lot of shit being like reused now and like there's not as much style on that either. Like the outburst, the outburst, yeah, like they man, do like, like a, fuck, they, there's yeah. like a piece yeah, or yeah. like, dude, that biohazard. There's like yeah, a lot of graph. I, who, in, like, in, I think the signature's on here. I forget who did it, but uh, I, my old band Hangman played with Billy Bio mm-hmm. and in Cali. Like we got to link up and he was like, dude, that's a fucking trip. Like that hoodie is a trip. Like our homie just did that and just like we only did a couple of them and uh josh from life's question he sings in life's question he gave it to me like the first time we were chilling he was like yeah i'll just take this like gift whatever so it definitely means a lot it's fucking dope hoodie but yeah like shit like this like you don't really see shit like this no more you know what i mean or maybe you do but it's just a little overplayed now you, you know, know you know what it is too it's like uh you listen to those bands and all of them are like a timestamp of that yeah. of that period like you can really like like i keep saying like you can really like yeah. feel it like you can hear that sounding you know exactly what era that yeah, was from right. and where it was from and even though they all have super unique styles uh they all have like this common thread where they're all talking about growing up in new york uh like the way chromax does it is different than the way biohazard does it but they're both talking about the same shit and like yeah. it kind of gives you that same kind of feeling like biohazards talking about like growing up in the five boroughs and fucking like earning your respect and like fighting on the streets and shit and then chromax is talking about the same shit dude you know what i mean yeah. and and what's cool to me too is like they're e- they're each bringing like their own little twist to it like chromax has like the like the fucking i don't know like they have like the whole age of coral thing with like the explosion and like they have like and then like district nine is like it's very like bronx dude yeah and like the the <laughs> dude like you know that uh in like the new york hardcore documentary when um when like one of the dudes from uh from from district nine is like yeah i smoked yeah he's talking about like yeah, what he yeah. smoked and how it was whack. The guitar player yeah yeah dude like yeah. that's like that video too it's like dude it's it's super it's super raw and like uh it's like crazy when i started finding out um like all the when i started finding all these bands like i couldn't believe it yeah. i was like how did all these bands come from like this one place in uh like a pretty short period of time like it's insane dude yeah. i think they're just so authentic though i think that's like why it like rose to the top and just remains like some of the best music because like they were really talking about where they were from they weren't like fronting and i think that's like it's very easy to see those bands out these days too, who you know want to emulate that, mm-hmm. but you can't emulate that. That's so hyper specific to Madball, where they grew up, Chromags, where they grew up. And yeah, because nowadays awesome. you get the bands that try to put on like the hard front and you know like try and make music like that, like they came from somewhere bad or you know somewhere hard. Not saying that any of us necessarily did, but you know you can 
tell that it's like super genuine mm. from that like the Madball Crown of Thorns era mm. of music and even before that but it's like I feel like a lot of bands nowadays try to put out that image and it kind of like fizzes out you know mm. yeah but that's why I like I hate when like I'm not from here so I always, like I'm from Connecticut so I claim Connecticut they're from Long Island they claim Long Island nobody's like yo we're like New York hardcore because mm -hmm. like those bands are real New York hardcore and I like when new bands come out from anywhere I don't care where but they're like yo we're from here I like Louisville Kentucky wherever the bay like mm -hmm. that's awesome to me that nobody's just trying to recreate the wheel or try to be something like they're not yeah yeah it's cool when, when uh, someone's like proud from proud to be where they're from exactly especially yeah. when like sometimes like where you're from like it might not be like the coolest place that's like on paper the coolest place but like it could at be one, if you pop off. Exactly. 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 Like exactly. at one point, probably New York hardcore wasn't the coolest place. Yeah, definitely. But these people did their thing so fucking hard that uh, now it is the cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it became super ill, and like it's identified by its own thing. I just like thought of um the uh the like uh, Madball music video where they're like in an abandoned like yeah. lot like destroyed place. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's like Freddie Madball's like wearing like a wife beater, and he has like slick back hair and like a gold chain. Dude, that shit is fucking hard, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, that, that's, that is so good. And it would be hard to film a music video, like, as a hardcore band and do that and have yeah. it not be corny. But yeah, they did yeah. it perfectly. Sure. And it wasn't sure. corny at all. Yeah, because when they did it, <laughs> that, that, that was before. really how they are. You know, that we've, was, like, we've, that's their we've shit. We've gotten asked, like, do you, like, try to do music videos and shit? And I'm like, I don't really know, like, how we would like what it would be like mm -hmm. you know it's hard to like yeah, pull like it's hard to pull like what you just said like even if, even if you wear off. that shit every day like yeah, yeah, you know what i mean to, like fucking just like video, yeah videotape you walking around like saying <laughs> lyrics and the camera it's just yeah, different yeah. now you know what i mean also just like no mtv and shit just like i feel like uh like got people further away from that mm -hmm. yeah, so yeah, like now like now that would just close. be like yeah. so fucking like outlandish to somebody but like i guess if we did it Back in the day, and it was just on MTV, it would just be in the mix of it and be like, oh, it's just like normal. They're just doing that, but it's not as regular no more. What do you guys want to do with um, Pain of Truth? Do you have goals of like, oh, we want to travel here, or we want to travel there, or do you have goals of we want to put this shit out, or we want to get this big, I want to make this my life? Like, what we're, are your goals? We're what definitely, I'm going to say for me, it's like a step by step thing. Like, yeah. we're not trying to like push too far ahead and like lose anything that we got right now so like we've been doing it like that the whole time like i feel like there's no really telling like what we're gonna do after like we put a record out you know like maybe we won't put another record out after that because maybe maybe it'll be really really fucking dope and we're just like all right that was sick like there's nothing else like a hardcore band like in our position could really do or maybe we'll put it out and it's like there's doors that are like hey man you could do this and kind of stay the same and still grow uh in terms of like you know who we're reaching and shit like don't want to get like too far away from where we started you know like kind of cliche like you know like normal uh shit but it's definitely like step by step for me at least the way i look at it like i don't know what we're going to do next until we put a record out and see like what the response is you know yeah I, we have no expectations i think that was like the best thing yeah we, we try to, to like keep it and call it a day yeah we still try to keep that too yeah. like we don't try to let it like we try as hard as possible like not to let anything because we know like we've been around for so long i've seen bands come and go i've seen people come yeah, and go. So, like, try to like yeah we try not to like 
let it get to our heads at all. I don't think it really has either. I think we've been uh, pretty good about like you know like being realistic about everything that we have. You know, I, I noticed you said a few times uh, you've like mentioned the lifespan of a hardcore band or like what a hardcore band in our position could do. Like we've done all we can do. Like what do you think the lifespan is of a hardcore band it's, is? Say, I mean, I feel like it just depends. You know, because there's you know you have bands that have been bands for. 10 20 30 years you know and then they make it to the top and then they kind of just coast or you know you could blow up overnight and then a year from now no one can give a fuck about your band you know it's it's definitely something that is very unexpected as far as how good it can do and how long it will last because i feel like especially like being around music for so long you see you know the waves that hardcore goes through and you know for a long time it was down and right now i think hardcore is in a fucking amazing place it's insane how good it's doing there's bands popping off left and right you know new bands coming up a lot of new people getting into it which is sick because it pushes it to that next step but i feel like you know we all know this and we all keep it in our heads at any time you know, the way we started this band was just kind of let's jam and see where it goes, you know. And like he said, you know, we didn't plan on any of this happening. It just happened. And it's it's definitely a step-by-step thing because, you know, we could play a show next week and that be our last show. Or we could put out a record, no one's going to give a fuck, and then we just fall off, you know, and then on to the next band. Yeah, there's a lot of people, like, you know? putting shit in our heads, like, telling us crazy shit that we could have, you know. And it's like, it's just, I don't know, yeah, like, it just, we're like, yo, like, we know what this, like, what it is, we've been around, and, uh, I mean, I don't ever, like, you know, I don't really love the idea of, like, hardcore bands really ever breaking up, so I don't really think, like, we'd really necessarily, like, be like, oh, we're breaking up and do, like, a whole fucking thing like that, you know? Uh, but yeah, just the life, like, lifespan of, like, a band, like, not to overdo it, you know, like, too many releases, like... No matter what, I, like I, people complain, some people are, oh, you gotta put new shit out, and it's like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what the fuck we gotta do that for? Because then if we put something out, that you know, if we rush something just because people are, it's like, whatever. Like we're just gonna do it at our own pace. That's how you get it. Like, yeah, that uh, too. It's like we're not know? doing this for to, any, we're like not anyone doing, else. Yeah, either, we're not doing know? this for anyone else. We're not doing it to make something of this. You know, we're doing this because. This is what we all love. We all love music. We love hardcore. We love. We don't put a stamp on it for sure. You know, like we want to like definitely be like kind of going back to like where you're from and shit. Just like yo, like Long Island still it has been for a minute. You know what I mean? And like just keep that going. Like just the Northeast in general, and like kind of putting on the map for like multiple spots in the Northeast. So yeah, Um, what bands or things or you know anything inspires you? What are some of the current bands or even past bands that are like your all-time favorites or just shit that you like that really feeds into like who you are either as a person or um, how you approach like what you do? Oh, oh, it's me. You all looked at me? Yeah. Damn. I mean, Connecticut, obviously, Hatebreed, Hunter Demons, Death Threat, Pale Horse, you know, bands like Jagged Vision, seeing Laid to Rest come up in their first shows. And I think that was just like really... That was what when it like clicks for me, and I think we talked about this a little bit, but uh, the the DIY nature that if I have a couple hundred bucks, I could rent out this VFW and book this show and make something happen, and I think that's 
awesome. I think that's kind of like what keeps us going. And then now with pain, it's like we all think similarly and being on the road so much, it's like, okay, these are like my best friends. So now I just get to travel with my best friends and play music. And that's like it, man. What else could you want at that point? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the way like, you know, you're saying how like how it could affect, you know, like the way you live and the way you approach situations in your life and everything. I feel like hardcore has just always been like, you know, it's always been DIY. It's always been, you know, raw and aggressive. And, you know, it's always had that energy. And I feel like I've definitely taken that into every aspect of my life, you know, with my career and with my relationships and friends and family and everything. I feel like I approach everything, you know, just with that aggression and just trying to be like genuine and make everything I can happen as much as I can personally. Because, you know, like, I don't know, I just feel like, like DIY shit is just always, you know, fucking do your shit, you know, do do it yourself you know obviously that's what it is but you got to do everything you know to your extent and how you think it should be done you know if it's wrong then you deal with it later and I feel like I've definitely taken that into every corner of my life yeah I would say like band wise when I was younger and even right now like to this point like uh definitely obviously backtrack the way they did it like they toured so much they got to go everywhere Vitalo's still in the game like book and shit obviously and like made a lot out of you know what i mean like off of it like from from being in hardcore like that's so sick you know what i mean like there's like that side of it and then like you look at incendiary who's also from long island who just at least to this point and from what i know like has just been doing that themselves and they could just play like a show a year here and then like go over to europe and play like four shows and come back home and get flown out and just do it themselves so there's like two different approaches that you could do it like you could just hit it really hard you know what i mean which incendiary has you know what i mean like they've been a band forever but it's sick to see like that pay off and like just be able to like all right like now this is like on our terms you know what i mean like we're gonna fucking go here we're gonna go here so it's it's just cool uh, and I feel like I take like look step back and like look at that and like same thing going back to the lifespan like span of bands like just like looking at again like backtrack and then even like incendiary it's like you could just be a band forever and not really ever break up and then you know like keep that flame always just kind of lit and then when you really want to blow it up just yeah. fucking do it you know what I mean which I like that keeping that in the back of my head you know what I mean like so. Definitely take that from them, I'm like Long Island, King Nine, obviously, hard ass working band. So, um, and then even like going back, back like saw majority, like from my town, Lindenhurst, like they like didn't get the tour so much, but they got off Long Island like early. You know what I mean? And like stories of that, and then seeing, uh, you know, King Nine, and I know Sealy, like specifically Dan Sealy, like. Him, he toured like early with like terror, you know, like doing like probably, I think like doing merch and shit, you yeah. know. But like, I remember seeing him somewhere, a picture somewhere, like him, like fu- like Cali or some shit like that. Like it was like, yo, that's sick. Like I'm sitting in a classroom right now, but like that, what I do for fun and on the weekends with all my friends, like it could bring you somewhere dope that like 
you'd either have to spend a bunch of money to get to and like just kind of just chill there or like this shit could just bring you there and like do something insane and you get to see other spots you know so like and then my brother's being able to do it early like seeing that like that's what fucking definitely keeps me going fucking being able to see all crazy spots you know yeah that's amazing um something that i think about a lot is like something like hardcore in my in my experience something like graffiti and for a lot of kids i know like shit like skateboarding it's like you're into it as like a kid and you're like damn this is like cool and like i love this thing but uh i can't like make a life out of this if you know what i mean like i can't like make a career out of this like i can't actually do anything this is like almost like a this is how this is how i felt growing up like there's almost like a useless uh, hobby that I have. This sucks, dude, because other people's hobbies they can use as a career. But I'm kind of like, I don't feel this way. And like, maybe I don't feel how those other people feel. And like, I can't do my shit as a career, dude. Um, and it gets me so hyped when uh, I see people do it as a, a career or B, like make something out of it. Because yeah. like, I feel like a weird way, like a weird connection with them. Because I'm like, yo, like. Dude, respect, dude, because I know everyone, like, who was into that shit wanted to do the same thing. And, you know, a lot of times in, like, in life, I feel like what you get, what you what you put in is not always what you get out. Like, you could put in your all, dude, and get spitted on and, yeah. like, get nothing back. So, seeing you guys and, and, like, how you guys are doing it, and I know you guys know that, like, tomorrow it can disappear, which is, like, cool to have that mindset, honestly, because a lot of people don't have that mindset, dude. Like, they, they get somewhere ill and they're like, yo, I'm the shit now, so... So fuck you if you're if you're not me, you know what I mean. And then the yeah. next day they're not the shit. And then and then what? So I, I think that's really cool. Like I have a lot of uh, respect for people who do that, um, and for people who have made it big, or even people who don't make it big and they just put in their all for what they love, whether that be whatever the hell it is, dude. But you do it with like everything. Yeah. Um, I think that's like a lot of respect. And I think that when someone does that and like you know out of pocket money, like tours the world, tours the states, and goes through all this shit or or doesn't know what they're doing maybe you lose mad bread maybe you play in front of nobody at first and like dude like i don't know if i believe in karma fully but like it's cool to see when when um when that comes back to them and when people respect it and when you can go to you know columbia and people know you when you can go anywhere in the states show that put a flyer up online or whatever that you're going to be there and people will show up which is like pretty insane dude yeah um so yeah, respect to you guys. If you guys have anything uh, else to say, feel free. If not, uh, thank you for uh, coming on the show and like respect to you guys. I hope that thank it goes you. well, you know? Thank you. Hell yeah. I would just say thank you for having us on. I know it's not like dude. the normal thing where so it's it's sick that uh that you're that you're sticking us in here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a lot of respect for you guys and fucking the whole world that you guys are involved in, so it's cool to fucking kinda coincide and fucking get this together Sick, Come out and do it. Yo, yeah, thank man. you so much yeah. Yeah. thank you bro Yo. yeah thanks a lot Fuck man. yeah peace yeah man oh, yeah.